0: episode 98 of the sports wagon podcast it's here for you as i am here for you it is your man uncle dub welcome it is the friday edition hit me up on instagram and twitter it's uncle dub i-t-s-u-n-c-l-e underscore d-u-b um show shouldn't be terribly long today Um, uh, it's friday we're going to do dubs and l's uh we'll talk you know a little bit nba mlb and that's where we'll start in the major league baseball world is playoff time we're making our way towards the world series last night national league championship series game five the dodgers 11 to 2 over atlanta so atlanta leads the series three games to two so game six is scheduled saturday 5 8 p.m in atlanta the game will be shown on tbs that will be max scherzer will go to to the mound for the dodgers ian anderson will go to the mound for the braves so this game chris taylor so chris taylor replaced justin turner at third base Three home runs, six RBIs for Los Angeles. A.J. Pollock, left fielder, kicked in two home runs and four RBIs for the Dodgers. So, I mean, this series is going down to the wire. Atlanta has the chance to clinch at home on Saturday or we force a game seven. I believe the World Series should be starting on Tuesday. So Atlanta, it's to their benefit to try to end this thing on saturday afternoon get some rest and then try to you know recoup and then figure out you know where they're going if they're going to be at home or they're going wherever they have to go to for the first game of the world series tonight houston is home they're trying to clinch uh their birth in the world series they host boston game 6 first pitch on fox sports one nathan eovaldi goes to the mound for the red sox versus Luis garcia for the houston astros and all i gotta say on that one is go red sox okay <laughs> nfl thursday night football the cleveland browns 17 14 of the uh, uh the denver broncos case keenum 21 for 33 199 yardage one touchdown in place of baker mayfield oh my goodness baker mayfield he's got some serious issues from a injury standpoint So what we know, he has a shoulder fracture, okay? Um, I believe that's on his non-throwing arm. But on top of that, he has a torn labrum, which the torn, the labrum essentially is a a little cup-shaped piece of cartilage. It supports both your shoulder and hip joints. So they are ball and socket joints. And again, it helps to keep the joint stable. So he got a shoulder fracture, Torn labrum, and we just learned recently he has a break in his humerus. So, I mean Mayfield, I think that the idea was for him to not have shoulder surgery. He was trying to go the non-surgical route, but again he's got so many issues. They're just trying to take it day by day, wait and see approach to see how um, he will recover if he can recover in a fairly um, decent time frame. Because again, this isn't something that's gonna um, solve itself uh by next week um f- uh, also for cleveland ernest johnson 22 carries 146 yards and a touchdown so he is the third string quarterback he started uh nick chubb and kareem hunt are both out with calf injuries for denver teddy bridgewater went 23 for 33 187 yards two touchdowns one int in the loss for the denver broncos the NBA, the association, last night, three games. The Atlanta Hawks 113, 87 over the Mavericks. Trey Young, Ice Trey, 19 points, 14 dimes. Luka Doncic goes 18 and 11, double double for him with seven assists. Um, the Heat 137, 95 over the Bucks. Whew, man, I saw that score. Goodness gracious. Tyler Hero, 27 points, six rebounds, five assists. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 15 points, ten rebounds, and two assists for your uh, uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Now, the game of the night. The Golden State Warriors, 115-113 over the Clippers. Now, the score isn't, you know, okay, they win by two points, but here's the piece that's crazy. Seth Curry, 45 points and 10 rebounds. He had 25 points in the first half. Now, he had a terrible game the uh, previous, uh, previous outing, but he just went nuts. He lost his mind in that close win over the Clippers. Paul George goes 29, 11, and six assists for the Clippers. Um, Now, we know that it's the 75th anniversary of the NBA. Um, The uh, Warriors um, are also celebrating. Now, the way the article was written, sounds like the team celebrating the 75th anniversary. But during each home game, they're honoring a uh, a player. And in this game, they honored Al Addles Addles is 84. He uh, was part of, so he coached, he was the first black coach to win an NBA title. I'm sorry. The, yeah, first black coach to win an NBA title. Um, he also, uh, I believe he played for the Warriors. I, I'm sorry. I, I know Al Addles as a, uh, a pioneer playing for uh, you know, HBCU. Uh, basketball, um, So I, I talk all the time in this podcast about the uh, the Black Magic uh, documentary. So it, one of my favorites. So if you've not seen it, I always say when I bring it up, if you've not seen it, you have to watch it, especially if you either are, are an HBCU, HBCU graduate or if you just want to understand the the place that HBCU basketball has had in history and, you know, kind of why. I love seeing, you know, we haven't seen this a lot, but we've seen a number of these kids who are coming out of high school. They're pretty high in their ratings and they're going, hmm, why don't I go over here to Howard or Norfolk State or Morgan State or, you know. And um, a couple of those schools that I mentioned, especially Norfolk State, has had uh, such an impact in HBCU basketball. So Bob Dandridge, who recently was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. um P.B. Kirkland, so, so a lot of big names uh, went to these schools. And, of course, there's a long history, uh, you know, Earl of the Pearl, um, Al Adels, a um, um, number of names, all these guys. And um, just just, it, just watch it. Just, I, I, I just, I cannot say enough about this documentary. As a matter of fact, with the start, of, usually I'm, I'm thinking about changing up this year. With the start of college basketball season, I was thinking another day, shoot, I should sit down and watch it but i typically watch this um documentary around march madness because i think the first time i watched it i watched it in march it was you know the tournament was on and i was you know in between games and i was doing something around my apartment and i just turned it on and i was watching it and i was just enthralled by it and i watch it at least once a year um because it's just such a good documentary and i feel like i either get reminded of something, or maybe I pick up on something and I make a connection to another uh, an, another piece of basketball history. But um, they honored Al Adels pregame and they're gonna do the all season. He uh, handed the basketball to the, to the referees. But again, Al Adels is such an important part of basketball history, not just the NBA, but college basketball and just basketball in general. So that is a nice transition into our college basketball segment for today's show. So a couple things, news and notes from college basketball, Um, men's and women's. So we got one men's, one women's. So West Virginia head coach Bob Huggins uh, commented the other day that he thinks the NCAA tournament should change its format. So then you ask how. So in his comments, he kind of referenced or kind of said, "Okay, look, we got this 64-68 team tournament. This tournament should only have teams from power five conferences. So he said, you know, all the mid-majors should not even be allowed to participate in the NCAA tournament or, or kind of put another way. He said that there should be two tournaments. So the mid-majors should have their own NCAA tournament and the power five teams should have their own tournament. So his rationale was simply this, that he's looking at the way college football is doing their playoffs. And he said, look at the money that they're making. Look at the format that they're doing it in. And we should kind of limit it to these Power Five conferences. I kind of get where he's going, but let's think about this for a second. The, The model, the model in which college football makes their money differs greatly from the model in which college basketball makes their money. Think about the money that is made off of March Madness that's what it was so March madness that before I'll finish my thought in a second remember a few shows ago I talked about they're considering having the final fours in both cities now will that happen anytime soon it's hard to say because the final fours are awarded out so many years in advance so the final fours for the next two or three years are already ferreted out they're gonna happen in whatever city they're gonna happen in but if you remember back you know last season when uh, Sedona Prince from Oregon showed the disparities between the men's and the women's tournaments and now that the NCAA has responded because they got called out, essentially, the March Madness marketing, and I never noticed this, the March Madness marketing is only used for the men's tournament. They're, they've never said that for the women's tournament. So, They're going to start using or branding the women's basketball tournament with the March Madness, you know, uh, trademark. And as I remembered that I'm going, that is really messed up. I mean, do we not experience the same type of euphoria and joy and interest? And do we do we not get the same type of passion from the women's tournament that we do from the men's tournament. Of course we do. I mean, it's basketball, it's basketball at the highest level. I mean, I've been to some women's tournaments live and I watch it on television. It's, I mean, it's great, especially you go to these uh, on-campus venues and you're there for, you know, say you're there for the first half of the day, you watch a couple games and you come back in the evening, you watch two more games. I mean, your team may or may not be playing but it's basketball at its highest level. It's basketball at its purest. It's win or go home. So why would you not market this the same way? So in doing that, it, you know, it again, it seeks to or the NCAA seeks to create that equity that <clears throat> hasn't existed in so long. So I just I'm sorry that popped in my head because a couple shows ago I said, yeah, there's something they're gonna they're going to try to change. Or make equal, and that's what it was. <clears throat> All right, back to Bob Huggins. So I can kind of see why he thinks that's a good idea. <clears throat> Excuse me, my throat's a little dry. I don't know why. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I can kind of see why he thinks that's a good idea. But as I mentioned, the models between college football and college basketball are totally different, like the way they make their money. Think about the money. That the ncaa makes <clears throat> off of the uh, off of march madness the tv money alone is just mind blowing i think uh tbs cbs you know all those networks just <clears throat> recently they just recently um resigned a big contract and think about how much money each school gets so if you make the tournament you go play one of the first four games or you go as a 16 seed and get around the gym by one seed, you're gonna get a nice chunk of change. So the further you go into the tournament, you're getting money because what the pot is so huge. So I kind of get what he's saying, but for me, I like the way the tournament, like again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I now I'm not at first I wasn't all that crazy about the fir- the, the first four games, but they do provide some drama, they do provide some interesting points to watch because you get teams that unlikely teams that probably wouldn't have gotten to the tournament in any other year or here's a team that overcame some adversity to get to that point and sometimes they win and they continue They become a Cinderella story and I get where he's coming from but I for my money I like it better when it's everybody everybody in one pot because you just don't know who's gonna come out so we remember Loyola Chicago we remember short run of UMBC. You know, we remember BC, you know, I was reminded the other day by a coworker about VCU, George Mason. So I like seeing these teams make a run. It happens. So I get kind of what Bob Hogan is saying, but I think the two things don't really coincide together. I just think the models that he's trying to compare. I think he's trying to compare oranges to apples. You know what I'm saying? So nice thought Coach Huggins, but I, I'm not buying it and I don't really think the NCAA is going to change up the model to try to match what college football is doing because I don't think the two things are the same. On the women's side, the recruiting rankings for 2022 were released and it's very interesting. So I've talked a little bit about the Pac-12 and I've said that in general in college women's college basketball, I think the best storylines are going to come out of the women's game this season period across all of basketball that's just my thought so six of the top 10 teams in recruiting for 2020 2022 are Pac 12 teams let me run the list here number one oregon which oregon is retooled this year they've you know got some players back they are, they were a good team last year they got some players coming back Of course, you know, they recruited, I don't know how they did in the transfer portal if they went in the transfer portal. But for 2022, they're already the top team in the nation as far as recruiting is concerned. Number two is UCLA. Again, a team that I think will make it interesting because if you look at the Pac-12 from top to bottom this year, I really think it's Stanford and then it's everybody else. But I think the Pac-12 will be a conference that everyone's gonna beat up on each other every week. Or every night rather than every week every night so when it comes down to crunch time i think as far as getting into the tournament i think it's going to be those 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 close wins those 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 quality wins those i still haven't i still haven't figured out that tier one tier two i haven't figured that out yet i think it's probably simpler than i think it is but i mean all they're saying is if you're at tier one that's probably the wins you should get where tier four is i don't know anyway i'm trying to think it out but anyway uh, and then i'm also assuming that they're using the same type of um uh, formula that they use in men and women's basketball again if we're using in men's basketball are we not using it in or quad one or whatever i think it's quad one quad two i don't know if they're using the same formula in women's basketball however i think The those wins, those quality wins will play a role, especially in conference. I mean, obviously, obviously out of conference always plays a role. If you're a power five conference member and you go lose to a a mid-major team, how does that impact you moving forward? I mean, that can have some impact, but if you're, you know, maybe losing a game to a mid-major and then you go drop half your conference games and you stumble to the finish you're going to be one of those on the bubble teams you may be a last four out team who knows again so ucla second oregon state third oregon state i think is a team this season i think is going to surprise some teams um uconn is fourth so by the time we get down to the four line that's where uconn kind of breaks up that that pac 12 uh, I guess you could say stranglehold on the top three. Then after UConn is Stanford, after Stanford is Arizona, then Minnesota, Duke. So that's your top three, six. That's your top top eight right there. And then rounding it out, Louisville and Washington. So Duke and Louisville, ACC. Washington is tenth. So already, Tina Langley coming in from Rice, where I think you know she did a fantastic job at Rice. She's already hit the recruiting trail. She's making inroads. Uh, plus, I mean, now again, I don't know if Nancy Mulkey will be there next season. I think this is, this might be the end of the road for her. However, she's already off to a good start at Washington, bringing in, um, from what I remember, a really good shooting guard. She's bringing in uh, a really good forward. So again, the, the, the dividends are already paying off for Washington with their hire of Tina Langley as their new head coach. All right, so we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little college football. We'll get the picks for the week. Um, And then, as we always end the Friday show, we'll get down to dubs and L's. Um, You know, not uh, interesting dub this week. Um, Something that, you know, I learned because I'm always talking about the undefeated from ESPN. They're such a great site. I follow them on Instagram. I follow them on Twitter. I haven't been on the site in a while but they're always great for these fantastic nuggets of information. Shout out to the undefeated, but I kind of wanted to point out uh, some athletes who got some great accolades this past week. And then the L well, we're going to delve back into football uh, and oh, on two occasions. I got two. Now, I just remember, I got two dubs I want to talk about and we'll get to those in just a moment. Stay tuned. If you haven't heard about anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and many other platforms. You also can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, everybody, welcome back. So let's talk college football. Um, So I think in the last show, I talked a little bit about some of the goings on in week seven. So one of the big games uh, in week seven, Purdue upset uh, number two, Iowa. They went to their house and beat them. Um, So really, that's kind of one of those things that you say, well, hmm, anybody's vulnerable right now. Um, Anybody. (laughs) I mean, now all these teams are playing great. But we all know how this works, that on any given day, anybody can beat anybody. So with that said, um, you know, it's, it's just, you know, we went through the top 10 and um, there's a few top 10, you know, a few teams, ranked teams in action this week. I think there's a few teams that are playing, like you know, opponents that they should beat. So I'm not really going to focus on those games. Like, for example, I think Ohio State is playing Indiana. I think they're going to Bloomington again. That should be a win for Ohio State, but it's again it's again gonna be one of those games that I think you know people will be they'll be looking for. They'll be you know trying to see what's gonna happen there. But let's go ahead and get into these week eight picks. So we'll start in Blacksburg, Syracuse, the Orange, visit Virginia Tech at Lane Stadium, 1230. Uh, espn 3 and i'm going to figure that's going to be an east acc regional game so if you're in uh, that market if you don't have uh, whatever regional network or channel that shows the game like me i live in dc i don't have cable anymore my system i think it was i've sling they don't have Masson, so i had to listen to the uva game last week on the radio mm, not terrible i mean i listen to games on the radio all the time But I'm going to take Tech close in this one. Syracuse, they've just been so close all season. And I'm thinking that if Virginia Tech, if their defense shows up, I've been talking about this all season. If Virginia Tech's defense just shows up and plays the way that they're capable of playing, this game's going to be ugly. Considering what's been happening with their defense, because Pittsburgh shredded them last week. I mean, I'll get to Pittsburgh in a moment, but I think tech is capable of playing better defensively but they just haven't as of yet so with that said i'm gonna take tech close if they if they're playing okay defense if they are playing really up to their level i'll take tech big but i'm gonna say this is gonna be a close game tech are three-point favorites i'm gonna say this is gonna be a field goal or less um, Wisconsin three and a half point favorites visit visits West Lafayette while Ross Addy stadium to take on Purdue. That's a three o'clock kickoff on B- uh, big 10 network. I'm going to take Purdue. Now, the thing here is you may be thinking, well, is Purdue hungover from that big win against Iowa? I don't, I don't think so. They could be. And that's usually the fear that a team gets this big signature win and there's this, okay, well, we just beat the number two team in the nation. You know, chests are pumped out. There's the, you know, the the, the confidence is there. Sometimes that can bleed into overconfidence. Wisconsin's struggling. I'm going to take Purdue at home over Wisconsin. Um, 330 Fox uh, from Jack Trice Stadium in Ames. Oklahoma State, 12th ranked, visits uh, Iowa State. They're seven-point favorites, Iowa State. I'm going to go with the Cyclones. Um. The thing that's the difference for me is Iowa State scores and there's not that big of a difference. I think Oklahoma State scores about 27 points a game. Iowa State scores about 33 points a game. Um, I think Iowa State, they were big over Kansas State last week. I think I picked K-State. Iowa State beat them. I think it was a pretty big win because when I watched a little bit of that game, Iowa State was just moving the ball down the field just without any uh, resistance. I'll take Iowa State at home over Oklahoma State. Um, 330 ABC, Oregon, number 10 ranked. They visit Pasadena. The Rose Bowl to take on UCLA, who are one-point favorites. So as I looked at this game, I was like, uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like this is a signature game for UCLA. They need this win. I kind of pick UCLA. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going with Oregon to win uh, in Pasadena over UCLA. Now, UCLA, I think, still... I think I don't know their record off the top of my head, but I think they still got the chance to do some things this year. I think UCLA has done enough to where, you know, Chip Kelly's going to keep going. You know what I mean? I, I don't think Martin Jarman's going to. I mean, I don't know. We don't know how this thing's going to work out, but I think Chip Kelly is kind of moving in the right direction. The fan base is probably going to totally disagree with me, and that's fine. I mean, but I think there's so many other things and issues that kind of need to be looked at here, you know. Recruiting, um, uh, you know, I, I've had this conversation with one of my coworkers all the time. He's a UCLA grad, and he talks about how, you know, the the facilities at UCLA are meh. You know, what I mean, um you know, then of course, you know, you got to drive out to Pasadena, which is I forget how long he told me that it is from Westwood, but you got to drive out to Pasadena to go play a football game. We know the Rose Bowl holds over a hundred thousand fans. You probably get fifteen thousand tops at a ucla game so it's kind of like okay how do you get the buzz going i mean now if ucla were ranked maybe there'd be more buzz but again there's some there's a i mean that that's those things are kind of ancillary i'm talking about how do you improve the play on the field and it has improved but i think the fans want more but again i think oregon wins this game um i'm not gonna say handily i think ucla will put up a fight by like oregon um 330 cbs lsu visits vaught hemingway stadium in oxford to take on old miss who are 12th ranked in the country old miss are eight point favorites i'm gonna take uh the rebels here um we all know the situation with lsu um, now, I think it kind of boils down to a pride thing for, for, for this LSU team. They're now going to feel like they got to play for Coach O, which I'm kind of going, okay, yes, but just play at this point because the deed is done. Just play. Um, they're going to – I think they'll fight, but I think Ole Miss, you know, Matt Corral is just really having a great season. Um, I have no idea who is in the running for the Heisman right now. I mean – You've had so many of these Heisman candidates who have just been up and down. I know Matt Corral is the name that really has stuck. A lot of people are saying he really has a good chance to win the Heisman. Um, He's in the race. But right now, who knows? I mean, there are going to be guys who probably get some Heisman votes depending on how the season goes along. Um, But, you know, who are going to be the top three who are going to be or top two or whatever, who are going to be in New York? I haven't the foggiest right now because I think the guys... everyone we're really looking at you know like spencer rattler okay maybe he still is but maybe his you know his candidacy is starting to fade more because of some of the you know the quarterback issues that he's been having uh lincoln riley made a change last week against uh i think they played tcu so i mean it the heisman race is for me right now is a total mystery i got to do a little more research, kind of look at who's out there. Um, I know uh, they're talking about a guy from Texas, Bijan. I can't think of his name right now. Um, but nevertheless, there are other guys, but I don't think they're quite getting the love. And again, I've talked about this. The Heisman race tends to be this whole popularity contest. It's OK. Who's the best player? Oh, and by the way, they're on a winning team. Oh, and by the way, they have to be an offensive player, which Again, let's remember the award says awarded to the best player in college football. So let's stop the bias. Let's look at everybody, see who's doing the best and give them the award, whether they're on a winning team or not, are they truly the best player in college football? And again, that metric, I don't even have a way to even begin to think about how you measure that metric. The best is relative because if we're still arguing over who is the goat in whatever freaking sport, the best is still relative. So how to determine who the best is, there is no metric that has been developed for that as of, at least to my knowledge, as of this point. Okay, 330 ESPN. Clemson visits the Steel City to take on Pitt at Heinz Field. Pitt are three and a half point favorites. So I just mentioned Pitt a few minutes ago. They went to Blacksburg, obliterated uh, Tech last week. Um, Kenny Pickett. So first of all, I feel like Kenny Pickett's been in, been in college for like 15 years, but um, he, he's he's really developed such a great relationship with his, with his offensive coordinator Mark Whipple. Um, and last week, he I guess it was that cold in Black it was that cold in Blacksburg last week. He was wearing two gloves. So um, one of the broadcasters, I don't know if it was uh, uh, Jason Benetti or uh, Andre Ware, called him Two Glove Kenny. So I think that's what we're gonna call Kenny Pickett now. We'll call him Two Glove Kenny. But I like Two Glove Kenny and Pitt to be Clemson. They're three and a half point favorites. I think this will be a close game. Um Clemson, they really haven't solved the offensive their offensive struggles. Defensively, they look a little vulnerable. I'm not saying they're they're completely vulnerable, but there's some holes there. I like Pitt because the way Kenny Pickett is throwing the ball. Now he has to be careful. He is kind of stepping up because Tech's defense. Virginia Tech's defense wasn't where we know them to be. Clemson, I think, is gonna prevent, present a little bit more of a challenge, but I think Kenny Pickett is up to the challenge. Mark Whipple, I think is his mind is very creative in trying to get Pitt to create offense. So I like Pitt in this game. Um, Maryland visits Minnesota, the Twin Cities. Minnesota are four and a half point favorites. That game's 3 on ESPN2. I'm going with the Gophers in this one. I think this will be a close game as well. Um, I don't know. Maryland is Maryland is turning the corner. They're getting better. Um, I just think you know again, it's just getting in the players and just getting this team better. on Fox Sports 1, BYU four and a half point favorites visits Washington State. They go to Pullman. So if you recall, we talked about Nick Rolovich getting fired with four of his assistants. So one issue that Washington State's going to have is they're going to they're lacking coaches who can coach this offense And, and not lacking. But this offense that they run is so complex that because rolovich who was essentially the offensive coordinator and head coach and some of his offensive assistants now i don't think they're going to struggle they're going to know how to run the offense but i just think byu just brings in such a strong team that i think four and a half i think byu wins i think they win comfortably uh in this matchup uh between these two teams um boston college visits louisville louisville a five and a half point favorites four o'clock espn net i'm sorry acc network i'm gonna take boston college i'll take the eagles over louisville i think the eagles are they, they, i think they're a, a, a complete te- a more complete team louisville has really good defense the offense they know what they're de- they're what they're getting with their quarterback their quarterback can throw he's mobile um malik cunningham so Yeah, I think B.C. will have enough in the tank to try to keep him contained. But again, you can only do so much with a mobile quarterback. You just kind of have to kind of play what's given to you, try to keep him contained as much as possible. But you really just got to keep everything in front of you. But I think B.C. has enough to win this game. Um, 7 p.m. on CBS Sports Network, San Diego State, 22nd ranked visit the Air Force Academy. Air Force is three point favorites. I'm going to take Air Force at home in this one. I like the upset um i don't know i'm liking what i'm seeing from air force this year at this point i think i don't know if air force and army have played as of yet but the way this is looking air force has already beaten navy i have to check the schedule of air force and army have played i feel like that's coming up if air force beats army air force more likely will win the commander-in-chief trophy this year army navy will kind of just be army navy as it always is navy struggling this year army is actually um, if I remember correctly from checking the record earlier, army's doing pretty good. They're not, you know, they were good last year. They're just really turned the corner under Jeff Monkin And, you know, his name's going to come up for a lot of these open jobs. But I mean, Jeff Monkin has just been so good for army football. And I think he's going to stay. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Um, just like at Navy, Ken Niamatinolo, he's been there for a long time. He's been there through the good and the bad. His name has come up. I think his name was up for the BYU BYU job when it came up a few years ago, he stayed. So, you know, these are two coaches that, you know, and I've talked about this, they're friends, they know each other, but they just have a really solid commitment to both of these service academies. And you gotta tip your hat to that because, you know, it just brings consistency to not just the programs, but to the players coming in. And it brings consistency to the rivalry because both of these coaches know each other. They know how special the rivalry is to both of these academies. But like I said, I think this is Air Force's year to take the, C- the CIC. Um, 730 Pac-12 Network, Utah, three-point favorites go to Corvallis, uh, Research Stadium, to take on Oregon, Oregon State rather. I'm going to take the Beavers over Utah. Um, It will probably be close. That's my guess. Um, Oregon State has actually been uh, a bit of a surprise as well this year. Lastly, Georgia Tech visits Charlottesville, Scott Stadium uh, against Virginia. Virginia, six and a half point favorites. That's the primetime 730 game on ACC Network. Virginia after a 48 nothing drubbing of duke last week decided well we went with the the blue helmets and orange uh jerseys and white pants last week let's run it back so they're gonna run it back against the the rambling wreck i'm gonna take virginia um i think it'll probably be about seven maybe seven to ten points uh in the win for the cavaliers i'm gonna take the cavaliers in that in that game all right now the last part of the show we always do this on Fridays. We've had one that was not a Friday but let's go with dubs and L's. Let's do the L's first. Let's get the L's out of the way. So I had two Ls so in the so in the before the break I said two dubs. I got one dub, two Ls this week. Um, my first L is for the NFL. So in this Daniel Snyder investigation, the John Gruden emails were discovered and of course we all know how that went down. So earlier this week, the NFL said, well, you know, we finished looking at all the emails and we couldn't find any other emails that were as bad as Gruden's. And I don't think they end up from what I read or saw. I don't think they reported anything about um, Daniel Snyder. So the NFL said, oh, we're done investigating. Nobody else is terrible in this league. Hmm. Now, if you're like me and this is kind of the general consensus on Twitter, most people are going, no, we're not buying an NFL. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely not buying it. So basically, here's a murderer. I get to investigate myself and go, no, I didn't do it. I didn't murder anybody. No. So that is very uh, fishy and suspicious. And um. I don't know i kind of feel like that's kind of that's definitely i think going to be the end of it i mean unless some other bombshell drops to where somebody either finds something that you know oh i'm gonna leak this to the new york times or some some other miraculous thing happens to tell us that oh this person this coach or this owner is the horrible person we think they are i mean i think the case is closed so that's kind of a big L because again you know I think I suspect like most people that oh there's plenty of email trails out there the NFL just figured out a way to make them not apparent and clear my second L if you recall so we mentioned that last week and I think I did not call this game last week as I'm looking at my list because I figured it would be a win but Ole Miss visited Knoxville last week. So you say, okay, no big deal. I mean, Mississippi visits Tennessee all the time. But let us remember, Ole Miss is coached by Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin, many moons ago, was Tennessee's head coach. And then he coached there for about a season or two and rolled out to USC. And if you remember that, you remember that Tennessee fans were not pleased about that. They were just... They lost it. They were burning everything in sight. They, I think they rushed his house. They pretty much had to, I mean, he left in the dead of night, but they had to make sure he was under tight security because Tennessee fans, once they found out about it, they were livid. Okay, fine. Then, of course, he goes to USC and gets fired. Fine. So he comes back as Ole Miss head coach. I believe he had been back as Alabama's OC a couple seasons ago. And I think at that point, he may have been up in the uh, up in the booth calling plays. I think they said, look, maybe best for you to not be on the field. So, of course, he's the head coach of Ole Miss. He has to be on the field. And you can expect you think, "Okay, this has been all these years later and Tennessee fans are going to be it's Lane Kiffin. Screw that guy. Right. Of course not. Of course, they booed them. Of course, there were, I'm sure, a lot of not nice things said. I'm sure they called that man everything but a child of God. But the way the game ended, this is where I have the problem. So, towards the end of the game, as Ole Miss, you know, the clock was running out, Ole Miss had won the game. What happens? Tennessee fans start throwing things on the field. So, bottles, cans, I believe a golf ball was thrown all kinds of objects. Now we all know how dangerous it is period anywhere, not just a sporting event when large groups of people start throwing things. I think somebody actually threw it was a golf ball or something. Anyway, Kiffin actually caught one of the things that were thrown at him, And of course, you know, Tennessee, you know, officials and they were really good in this. They, uh, they, they, were on the sideline with Ole Miss. They made sure Kiffin was good. They made sure their players, you know, got you know out of harm's way, so on and so forth. But w- what is the point of that? So the man left you years ago. Y'all are still spicy about that. I mean, since then, this fan base has managed to run off multiple coaching candidates because they get when this person is interested in your job. Oh, we don't want that guy. And they used to start this just this horrible smear campaign. They start acting like spoiled children because they don't want this particular candidate. How's that work for you? You've had multiple candidates who get run off. You have to say, we're going to pick this guy and you haven't been successful. Now you got Josh Heupel, which I think Josh Heupel is going to get this program going in the right direction. However, was it really worth all of this just to get to this point? And then now you got a guy who actually, I think, is going to do a great job. I mean, again, just spoiled fans. I mean, even on Twitter, there were people who just like, you know, on Twitter, people just like Tennessee fans are just the worst. I mean, and that's just the beginning of it. I mean, they've had whole section of people just shouting all kinds of, you know, crude political stuff. I mean, it's just like do better. I mean, why, why is this, there, this This wild obsession still about Lane Kiffen? Who cares? He's moved on. Move on. You've got your coach. Things are looking up. Move on. Let it go. Okay. Even Kiffen. Now, I'm not saying if Lane Kiffen danced into the stadium all, you know, feeling some kind of way and taunting the opponents, even if he did that, that's still no excuse to act that way. But he walked in, he's just like, you know, and, and, and he has kind of this very dry sense of humor. And I think pregame, as he was talking to uh, the sideline reporter from the SEC Network, he ever be like, you know, so I'm hearing all these boos. And he's like, yeah, me too. Like, he's like, what's that all about? I mean, he was very just like, you know, I'm trying to block it out and coach my team. So again, Tennessee fans, let it go. The man has moved on. It happened. We all do things when we're, younger or early in our life that are regrettable and i'm sure i mean maybe he maybe lane kiffin has some regret about it okay maybe we'll hear about it 10 years from now who knows but at this point in time you you, you're back where you need to be you're getting back into the mix of things i think you'll get there but the lane kiffin situation just let it go just 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 try to Regain some class. How about that? Let's try to regain some class and just focus on the now in Tennessee football, not what happened all so many years ago. Okay, so let's talk about the dubs. I want to get out of the way because I think the dubs are so awesome this week. The dubs. So, or one dub this week. Allison Felix and uh, Naomi Osaka were both honored by the Women's Sports Foundation. So, Allison Felix, as you know, she is. Uh, One of or not, as you know, we know who Allison Felix is now. Here's what you don't know. She was honored as one of the sportswomen of the year. She won two medals in Tokyo that brought her her medal total career wise up to 11. So because of that, as you know, so you should know this, she passed Carl Lewis as the most decorated track champion in history i had a quote from her where did i do with my phone oh <laughs> phone's right here in front of me i have a quote from from alison felix here oh come on here we go so uh in response to and this is per the undefeated in response to winning uh the sportswoman of the year she said quote i am completely honored and humbled thank you so much for this award that not only honors my work on the track but more importantly my advocacy Grateful and inspired by the important work that you all do for so many women and girls, end quote. So congratulations to Allison Felix on that award. Naomi Osaka won the Wilma Rudolph Courage Award for bringing awareness to social justice and mental health issues. Uh, Naomi Osaka's statement, quote, I got the courage just to speak out growing up and seeing all of the people around me doing amazing things. And not having any fear and standing up for what they believe in. Close quote. So, congratulations to both Allison Felix and Naomi Osaka for their uh, for their wins, for their for their awards, for their contribution to not just sport, but to advocating for women, advocating for social justice, and advocating for hey, I'm mentally tired. I need to go home and take a break from this thing that it, that I am doing because again we all get tired whether we're working every day we're podcasting whatever we get tired we got to take a break and so I applaud them for that all right ladies and gentlemen with that I end the episode so as we said episode 98 so we're getting oh so close episode 100 is gonna happen I promise you and um I'm excited about it so we get closer, we get closer, and episode 100, I hope I'll, I'm going to try to drop that next week. So, hopefully, mid to end of the week, we'll see how it goes, but until then, thank you for listening to the podcast, thank you for supporting the podcast. Um, in the show notes, my email, sportswagonpod, I believe it's the pod, the email, I can't remember my email, because I don't email myself, it's like, you know, what's your phone number, I don't know, I don't call myself, but you know where to find me, Instagram, Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Until I see you again, episode 99, episode 100 and beyond, because, you know, this this, this podcast, man, this is like, we're we going to do it like Diddy, can't stop, won't stop, all right? Um, until I see you again, always remember, do what you got to do. It's flu season, get your flu shot. COVID is still out there in them streets. Do what you can to protect yourself, your family and others. Drink your water and mind the business that pays you. Peace. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Wagon podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate, review and tell a friend about the show. You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at its uncle dub. That's i t s u n c l e underscore D.U.B., also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sports wagon pod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.